Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. We are talking about bulldozers and rocks. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. And yes, we're really excited about speaking to you today and giving you such a great message. And we're going to kick off in the book of John. This is all about Lazarus. Yes, John 11. And bulldozers. <laughs> bulldozers. <laughs> it might be about bulldozers. We are starting there where Jesus gets a message, Wayne, from Mary and Martha saying, my brother, he's really, really sick. Would you come and come and see Lazarus? And when Jesus heard that message, he decided to stay for two more days. He didn't immediately come and see mm. Lazarus. And when he did eventually have a discussion with the disciples and make his way to see Mary and Martha, unfortunately, it was four days since Lazarus, Lazarus had died. Mm. It was too late, far too late. And it makes me think quite a lot about this story. When Jesus heard, Wayne, that Lazarus was sick, why didn't he go? Mm. Why didn't he go immediately? Well, Claire, I've had that in our our personal lives, and I know other people going through a hard time. And you kind of say, you're praying, Lord Jesus, I need some help, and then there's nothing. And you kind of, why didn't he come? I seem to remember in that verse a little bit later, some of the, the religious leaders even said, wasn't he the one who can open up blind eyes yes. and anything, and he can't even stop this man from getting sick and dying? Why didn't he come? I have those questions too. He left it four days. These yeah. people had been through so much, and then he arrived late. Mm. It makes me think, why is this story in the Bible? Was it perhaps mm. because Jesus wanted to leave us something Some that we could have a look at yeah. and say, well, when we face something that's dead, dormant, mm. failed, seeming mm. like it's sleeping, maybe, because mm. Jesus, they were talking, is he just sleeping? Mm. It, was he trying to help them on how would we deal with something that's gone wrong? Well, we have these issues in our life as well, even in the church. With COVID for the last year and a half, we've had things that are closed. It feels dormant. Mm. It feels like it's been shut down. Some things feel like they've even died. Mm. In our personal lives, our finances, families, relationships, uh, even um, in real life, people have been bereaved. There have been deaths. And so we, we, these are, this is a re really real uh, thing mm. for all of us there's, to be facing. What was Jesus trying to teach us yeah. in saying this? And delaying by this little while. Mm. There's a few Lazaruses, aren't there, mm. behind some stones in, in our lives. And, it may, you know, Wayne, I enjoy a bit of gardening. Mm. And in some of the houses that we've moved into, you get there and people haven't really taken care of the garden. And when you start digging around right to the bottom of the garden, you may find, uh, which I have, is a plant that's been smothered by mm. something else, a, a bigger plant, or there's rocks and rubble and the wrong kind of uh, soil. It's, it's just awful. And this poor little plant is there in the background. And it often sends out little like, tendrils oh, trying to find some light and it's choking it's to death. It's puny and it's yellow and yeah. there's, it looks really sad and it's dying. And you have to get in there and pull out the weeds and pull mm. out the plants that's choking, remove the rubble and give it some water, give it some food, fertilizer. And then with the infusion of light, this thing 
bursts to life and you can even get glorious flowers off this plant. Now Claire's only telling you half the story <laughs> because most of the time she's got barking out instructions to me, Wayne, move those rocks, get the wheelbarrow, load those up, put in some more soil. And she's a great director, but together we are able to actually build some beautiful gardens. We are, we are. And this makes me think of how, you know, when we are in a situation like this, Jesus is not the only one that faced a dead situation mm. with Martha and, and Mary and Lazarus. He himself faced death. And this is what he said when he heard, you know, he's going to go to the cross. When the reality hit mm. him in John 12, it says in John 12, 27, Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose... I came to this hour. Mm. When, when Jesus is faced with this death situation, it's like he, he feels it. He felt it with Mary and Martha. He wept. He groaned. Mm. His soul is troubled. Your soul is troubled. You're upset because you're facing death situations or things that are behind a to tombstone. And he says, what should I say? And at first he says, oh, Father, save me from this hour. How many times have we said in COVID, do you know what, Jesus, please just come back. Yeah. We've had enough. But then he, he corrects his attitude. Jesus says, but for this purpose, I came for this hour. There was a partnership there. Heavenly Father had sent Jesus. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. So even Jesus had a part to play. The Father had a part to mm -hmm. play. The Holy Spirit had a part to play. So in these dead situations in our lives, we're possibly in the church situations and in some of our own personal ministries or in families and in our finances and jobs and careers, there might be dead or big boulders blocking our path. Yeah. But could it be clear that we have a part to play mm. as well as God's got a part to play? That's right. And going back to the story now with... Mm. There's Mary and Martha and some of the mourners had come out mm -hmm. and they were standing around the tomb. And let's face it, they'd had a tough time. Mm -hmm. They'd had Lazarus sick. We, we don't know how long he was sick. The, the Bible doesn't actually say. Then he dies. Then they've got to have the funeral. And now they're grieving. Mm -hmm. And what does Jesus actually say to Mary and Martha? Look at this verse in John eleven thirty nine. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. The stone, Claire, represents a blockage. Mm. Lazarus is behind there, the dead thing, and he's a stone. There's something between my miracle, Jesus and me. Mm. There's something in, in the church. We've been locked up, masks on. Mm. We've been told we may not worship, we may not sing. Uh, we haven't even, some people haven't even been able to come to church. Yes. In our own personal lives, there's been illnesses and offenses mm. and, and but there's a lot of Anger, issues. Unforgiveness. Yes. Yes. These are all stones, all blockages that need to be removed in our lives. Yeah. Spiritual attacks that mm -hmm. we've faced and circumstances that have gone wrong. That's right. But Jesus gives them this instruction. You, he said to them, you move the stone. Even in their pain, he's telling them to do something. He, he wasn't doing it sadistically. No. He wasn't being nice. He was actually weeping. And, and groaning, I, yes, and groaning. it was and upsetting. He was, in, in, he was really upset mm. about it, but he still understood that they needed to do something in order to release mm. the miracle. Mm. 
So it, it's a partnership that's coming Definitely. unfolding, isn't there? Starting to be moved away. I've got a part to play and he's got a part to play mm. as well. And they started arguing. How they many said, times have we done that? Oh, then? but it smells. Oh, please, we don't want to move that stone because there's a stench behind there. You don't there. understand there's the pain I'm going behind through. There. Yes, no? but in that... We, we also, we sometimes look at church or we look at a ministry and we say, you know what, it's, it's too far gone. Mm. The, we don't want to go there because we don't actually like touching death. And this is one of the things that affected Mary and Martha. It wasn't just that they thought about the smell and they thought about the death. In their law at the time, in, in Numbers, it shares with us that it was against the law, mm. the, the religious law, to go near death. And I'll read that to you. In Numbers 19, verse 11, it says, All those who touch a dead human body will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. You know, as a a society, Mm. we don't like to deal with death. Mm. In fact, I'm very awkward when someone says, I've been bereaved and I've lost them. I don't know what the right words are. We don't, mm. And so as a society, we kind of say something has died, a dream, a vision, whatever it is. And it's time to just bury it, move on, yeah. let's go. And we never deal with the possibility mm. that that death could actually be resurrected again. Yeah. So I think the, the argument that they had, but Lord, he stinks. Mm. And it's, do you remember that time we went uh, on a walk? Ooh. We went out into Wales, uh, uh, about an hour's drive from the house, and Claire and I were going on a hiking little trip, but just a couple of hours. And we'd been hiking along for about an hour or two, and we came into this field, climbed over the stile, and, and all of a sudden the stench, oh. it, was, it was so bad that we couldn't actually move. No. I took out my OS map and I started looking, is there another route? And looking down the path, <laughs> we could see on the path there was a dead sheep oh. and it was bloated and it, was, and it, it must have been stinking for a couple of mm. days. It was mm. dead obviously a while. Mm. I have never smelled anything as mm. bad as that. And I think that's the reaction. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the I don't smell go. of death is revolting. And even in our family situation, some things we just don't even want to go there it's anymore. It's too sore. It's painful. So it's hot. Oh, I don't want to go there. It's awful. Yeah. So we'd mm. rather just bury it, leave it. And rather than find another deal way with around, it. I'll go backwards. Mm. I'll, I'll do something else, but I don't want to deal with. I do not want to face this death situation. And Jesus is saying something different here. Mm. He is saying in John eleven thirty nine and forty one, he's saying to them, "You move the stone." Oh, that's harsh. You move it. Go there. Come on. Climb over that dead thing. Let's move it. That bulldozer. Pull it away. Move that stone. But we've been talking quite a bit about this. You go back to Pastor Steve's Mm -hmm. sermon, Wayne. He's saying the the power is behind the taps, but we have to turn on the taps. You were saying we need to the the supply box that we have. We have to open it. And we've got to use the contents of it. Gordon, just last week, he was saying the same thing. It's a partnership yes. with God. And Josh has said, we need to move into, into the, the neighborhood. neighborhood. So, yeah. so moving the stone is going to require some effort. Mm. Remember when I was saying about the plant to get that rubbish away from it? Definitely. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some risk. Mm-hmm. And some of those stones that are in front of our, our dead situations might, will take a team. When mm-hmm. you think about Mary and Martha, it, it wasn't just her alone. They took a team. Oh, when we were doing the gardening, it required us as a team. Partnership. Partnership. And as we go through life, there are going to be these hard mm-hmm. obstacles in front of us. There are going to be these death situations. Mm-hmm. And God's word to us, even though we're crying, even mm-hmm. though we feel emotionally attached to it, 
God's still saying, move that stone, roll it away. And so sometimes we need to join forces with someone else and and grab them and say, come on, will you come with me? That's a value of our small groups and being connected, coming back to in church and saying, could I have some prayer? There's an obstacle in front of me, a a stone, a mountain, whatever you want to call it, a giant. It doesn't matter what you want to call it, but it's got to move. I need someone to go with me. It's a risk. And our our church, we Mm. want to move everything that's in the way. We want to partner together as a team and take risk and shove those stones out the way. I think we need to have a look at what is keeping that stone in place. Mm. Sometimes there are things in that, that bold its size, its weight. What are the things in our lives that's actually keeping that stone in place? Yeah. Well, we're going to have a look now at Proverbs. And Proverbs 26, 13 to 16. And I'll read it through to you and then we'll dig out mm. verse by verse what it could possibly mean. It says, The lazy man says, There's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Now, reading this verse, before you run off and be offended, (laughs) I'm not talking about being physically lazy, but I want to bring a point that perhaps... The stone could be kept in place because of spiritual laziness. And if we dig out verse by verse, maybe we can see this a little bit clearer. Well, verse 13 says there's a lion in the street. Mm. Do you think there was a physical lion in the street? No. So it's imagination, Mm. isn't it? It's But actually, could it be an excuse, Wayne? Mm. So we can, in our own minds, we can create an excuse that can actually be an alternative reality that we really believe. Mm-hmm. And we think, oh, you know what? I am so tired, perhaps, that I can't pick up my Bible. And that becomes your reality. But actually, if you pick up your Bible in your tiredness, you could be refreshed. Well, the Bible does say that. As those who wait upon the Lord will be refreshed. He will renew mm-hmm. their strengths. But maybe that line in the street could be us saying, oh, I can't deal with that, it's too sore, mm. too much pain. But in us forgiving and letting go of the pain and the, uh, the hurt that's inside, we're actually going to be allowing the Holy Spirit to refresh us mm. and heal us. Yeah. So that line represents something that's false. It's, it's an imagination. It's a pretense. i got the saying that I've done with the kids, said it in the family all the time. If Whenever the kids were giving me an excuse, I said, if you've got a good excuse, don't use it. <laughs> you know, there's always an excuse why they couldn't do their homework. There was always an excuse why they needed to sleep in a little bit late, a lot yeah. later in the morning or on yeah. Saturday or something. There's always a reason. If you've got a good excuse or reason, don't, don't use it. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we make that excuse bigger than what you were saying, that I was supplying the box. Mm. So we mustn't do that. We mustn't allow excuses to dominate us as if they are real. Then verse 14 says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. We have, I think, been sucked in, all of us in some senses, into a life of comfort and ease. Mm. And this is what you think about a door on a hinge, Wayne. It just goes back and forward, back and forward. Mm. It doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't Mm. go anywhere. It's very complacent and the circumstances don't change. It's just not a place to be. We need to get out of that 
oh, it's all comfy for it's a me. It's of indecision, isn't it? It's not either, it's not open, it's not closed, it just swings. Mm. <clears throat> and you notice those doors always squeak. Squeak, <laughs> squeak, squeak, always moan, moan, moan about something. And it's just a comfort position mm. that we shouldn't be in. And comfortable for me. I mean, mm. when we were going back into in-person services in April, I didn't want to like rush out and get back into church. It means my day's going to be changed. My my agenda for the morning will be changing. It was much easier just being at home, wasn't it? Awesome. But we want to go places and we want to see the Spirit of the Lord in, the, in moving mm. in church. Verse 15 is talking about our little sausage dog, Daisy. It says <laughs> that the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wears him to bring it back to his mouth. Mm. Our little dog, Claire, lies in bed and she's <laughs> on her back like us and we'll actually put a bowl of delicious food that she loves next to her and she looks at it like us and her tongue's like trying to get to it and she's so lazy that she won't even get up to, you know, mm. and it, that just sums it up, doesn't it? It does and think about this man, he is, can't get off his bed, he's like a hinge just mm. rolling back and forth. So somebody is bringing him a bowl of food and it, it makes me think of how we are just surrounded with online church, sofa church, YouTubes, worship, apps, books, podcasts, you name it. Spiritual food is just like in abundance. And we can stick our hand in the bowl, which some of us do, and we we have a little nosy, we compare, we complain, but this man says he's so lazy he can't even mm. bring it up to his mouth to eat. So, you know, on our online church, in Sofa Church, we sometimes can get very complacent and mm. sit and we watch it and say, hmm, that one gets a five out of a ten. <laughs> you know, I really don't like Wayne's hair today. Or you get five short. minutes and I'm off. <laughs> That's it. And guys, we're actually getting into a lazy position. Mm. Where are our Bibles? Where's our notebooks? Mm. Are we taking notes? Are we following it up? Are we actually feeding ourselves? Or do we allow it to go in one ear and out the other? Mm. Worship. These are, we are inundated with online worship and YouTube of some of the most amazing worship in the world That's today. Right. But we can sit there and assess it and say, oh, I don't like what they were wearing. Look how long his hair is. Mm. Or we say, oh, that was really nice. But did we actually yeah. worship? It's very similar to that saying. We are lying there, dipping our hands in the bowl, but we're not actually mm. feeding and growing and worshipping. That's right. There could be an abundance of food for us, mm. but we could be actually malnourished That's because right. we won't bring it to our mouths. And then the last verse, verse 16 says, The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. This is what happens where the man is deceived in the very beginning. He starts to believe his excuses. He believes this as a reality. And then even when people, the Christian friends, come alongside and say, you know, this isn't, you, you need to get mm. tapped in. You need to get hooked into God again. He just believes his own truth, it, it, but he won't. He won't change. He thinks he's wiser than everybody else. Mm. Let me sum up for us so far, Claire. First of all, we've seen that there are death situations mm. in our lives. And even though there's a death situation and Jesus is crying alongside us and the rest of us, we're all in this together, he's still saying, move that stone. Yes. And so there's a, there's a part that we have to play. Mm. And now we've had a look at some of the reasons is why the stone won't move or what's keeping it in place. But we've got to ask the question, well, how do we actually move the stone? How do we get rid of the stone? Yes. Interesting. We had a Zoom prophetic evening a little while back um, with Teresa. And one of the words, Wayne, that came through in that prophetic um, meeting was this, and I, I 
I took notes of it. It says, I saw the church being fenced in, but then the high fences all fell down. And I felt that God saying the church was going to become more visible and more accessible to more people and allowing them in. And when I was reading that, it, it really resonated with me. Yes, it's our move. It's our move to move the stone and move those fences. Mm. And it confirmed it in Ephesians 4. And I wanted to read that scripture to us. Ephesians 4, 21 to 24 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of conduct, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love the words there, throw off, cast off. Mm. They say the, the words there is just put off, throw off. But the original says cast it, like yes. almost throw it as far as you were. And then when you put it on, it like sink into that nice new jacket. Put it on and just yeah. enjoy it. And, and put, it's a total opposite, so con, totally opposite. In the New King James, and it reiterates, you put off. Mm. And something we you do. put on. That's you know, right. most of us, I would hope that we put our own clothes on in the morning and take our own clothes off. And it's like that. It's like deliberately taking something off and putting something on. And if we go through scripture, Wayne, there's about 70 references. I have a sheet that I could perhaps send out to you with the notes today of things that we can put off and things that we can put on. Like perhaps we need to start and put off some pride and take on humility, put off the strife and put on peace, put mm. away the lying, like the lying on the street, mm. and let's take on the truth. Stop people pleasing all the time right. and let's be God-fearing. So by doing this, it's not just all by yourself, is it? It's we're going to do this in a partnership with Jesus. We're going to put off the old stuff and put on the new. We have as a church, got to do that as well. If we have allowed ourselves to get into a bit of a lazy, laid back mm. um, lifestyle, we need to then say, hey, I'm going to now participate. I'm going to come back on in. I'm going to get involved with the teams mm. again. I'm going to do my part. If we have allowed strife and anger and bitterness and resentment to mm. come into our lives personally, we need to say, I'm putting that off. Yeah. I'm going to put on his love. So there's a thing, uh, there's something, some action that yes. we need to do. So Jesus is saying to every single mm. one of us, whether it's in a church environment or in a personal environment, mm. make your move. He's mm. saying, get rid of that. Push That's that right. boulder away. Yes, and if you go back to John 12, which I shared with you earlier, John 12, 27, Jesus facing death said, but for this purpose I came. I came for this hour. Mm. It's, it's actually exciting that we can put off the old. We can move away the stone mm. and we can put on the new. I love the words that Jesus said to Mary and to Martha though. He says, if you will believe, mm. then you will see the glory of God. Yeah. If It's like saying, if you move that stone, if you do the first step, yes. I'm going to come in with the second one. And you'll see glory. You're going to see the glory revealed. Mm. So I would like it the other way around. Let's, let's be honest. You know, <laughs> when the, when the goosebumps descend in church, mm -hmm. when the glory has descended, then I will come and I will believe mm -hmm. and then I'll get my healing. 
But God's saying, no, I want you to take the first step. Uh, Or maybe I want people to start getting saved and revival to break out and I can join in. But God's saying, well, I go and start to do the first step. Well, I start to share. Well, I do that. And then we'll see the glory come back on the back of that. And that is actually what happened because Jesus said to Martha, he said in verse 40 of Mm. John 11, he said to did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory? And Mm. then he says to them, then they took away the stone. They took away the stone before they saw Lazarus live. And the same with my plant illustration that I gave to you today. I had to clear away the junk before I saw the amazing glory of the flower. And you might say, oh, this is a lot of self-effort. No, it's partnership Mm. because it needed me to do something for the, the light to be coming into that into that place to reach that plant. What do you think that tomb looked like, Wayne, before they moved the stone? It was dark inside. Mm. And smelly. And smelly. And only when they moved the stone could the light Mm. go inside it. So we have got four points for you today. Yes, dead things, number one, do exist in our Mm. lives. In our church, in our world, in our world that we live in, in our circle of influence, there are dead things, a dream, something. But we've got to remember, God is saying, it's your move. I need you to make a move. Mm -hmm. And we say, well, how do I do that? He's saying, I want you to put off some of the stuff that hinder Mm -hmm. you, number three, and I want you to put on stuff. And when we start to do that and we're obedient and we put on God, when we put on the forgiveness and when we put on his works Mm -hmm. and we start to be obedient, then all of a sudden the light will explode in on the scene. I think it's going to be great. Just like that that, uh, uh, tomb, when they rolled it away, I I don't just think that uh, Lazarus came wandering out like a a zombie (laughs) or something like that. I bet you, like Moses, he must have been shining glory bright as the light shining all around. It must have been The power and the majesty and the glory of God shone on the situation. So Ephesians 4, 23 says, Instead, let Mm. the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. He is knocking, actually, in Revelations it tells us that he is knocking on the door. But we have to do something. We Even if he's knocking on the door, open I've the got door. to open. Okay. Yes. I can't swing it shut again. I've got to open and say, yes, I welcome him. So there's an action for us to play as well. He says yeah. he's standing at the door, and in the Amplified says, of the church, mm. and he's continually knocking. And if anyone hears the voice and opens the door, he'll come in and eat with him and restore him. Abhashan says, if your heart is open to hear my voice, if you open it up, you move that stone, he'll come in and he'll feast with you. I love that analogy there. It says restore him. Mm. Remember a lot of these old lighthouses, these metal ones of really old ones, normally they're national trusts or something Mm. like that, and they're all rusted. Mm But, you know, you can restore it. Mm. And you, and when you restore something, you restore it back to its original glory. It, it, you can still get the light to shine again. Yes. And that applies to our lives, doesn't it? It does. And there, there's a one on the screen now. It was on the Gower Coast in Wales where it was just this old metal, rusted out mm. lighthouse. And sometimes we visited them um, just as monuments. Mm. But I want to encourage you today that you can open the door, that's a part of pushing back the stone, allow the light keeper, you see, like my plant, it wasn't anything I could do. I did my my part, but it's the light that came in, the light keeper can come Mm. in through the door, sweep away the dust, shine up those 
lenses or perhaps put in new globes altogether so that the glory can shine and you won't just be shining the glory you'll be allowing others to see the glory as well you know this particular lighthouse when was replaced by some other new lighthouse further up the coast you don't want to be in that place where you're so rusted and dead that you get replaced listen why don't we just ask the Holy Spirit to come in right now and begin to renew us. Mm. But before we do that, we need to say, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to make the first move. Yes. Come on, let's pray together, thank shall you, we? Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you that you did raise mm. Jesus from the dead. Just thank like you, Jesus Lord. raised Lazarus from the dead. And Lord Jesus, thank you for your obedience. But right now, I make that decision to receive you into my heart and make the first move. Mm. And I thank you that you come flooding in with your light and your life and you restore me. Yes, Jesus. Lord, I've got dreams you, and I've got Lord. things in my life that I feel are dead. And I'm, I wanted to now make the first move. I throw off my negative talk. Mm. I throw off all the anxiety and the depression and the, the things in, the, in my mind and my life that hold so. me back. I say sorry for being so almost lazy mm. in my attendance and my worship of you. Thank I make you your first move now and I'm asking you to come in with your power and your glory and restore me and let the light and resurrection life mm. of Jesus fill me and come through me and Thank through you, my Jesus. life. Thank you, Thank for you, that. Lord. Praise in you, Jesus' Jesus. name, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Go and move some stones. Mm.